Oh no! <laughs> there is evidence on my laptop now. Did you record that? It's been recorded since I like, got up to like make tea. <laughs> <laughs> This is called incrimination. <laughs> In my defense, that was a lie. That was a lie. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Okay, so <clears throat> today on ATT, we have our first guest. Uh, a good friend of mine, fellow brother in Christ, his name is Nathaniel, and with him we are going to hopefully create a character profile on God, describing to you listeners the characteristics of God. Who is he, what, is, what he is, and how it is he runs the show. So, yeah. I'd say hello Nat. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello Nat. Uh. So Nathaniel, why are you here? Ben came up to me in the street at gunpoint and he said, Nathaniel, you're going to come to my house and come on the podcast. And I was a bit scared, so I showed up. You know? True story. Sounds good. It actually brings tears to my eyes to think about that. Yep. Yeah. No, uh, Ben just. Um, I go to school with a girl uh, and Ben started going out with that girl. I think that's sort of how I met Ben. Um, and then we just talked, we found stuff that we have in common and we became friends. And then Ben was like, here. I've got a podcast we just sort of talk about interesting subjects that you might be interested in. Do you want to come on at some point? And I was like... Mm-hmm. At gunpoint. Oh yeah, at gunpoint, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At a slightly more aggressive tone. Oh yeah, very much. Get on the show, Nat. Oh yes. Yeah. So, thank you for that. Thank you very much. Um, You're welcome, Dan. And um, yeah, so I guess, uh, as I said, topic, characteristics of God, who he is, how, he, how it is that he runs the show, as I said, and then um, I think we should just jump straight in. Let's go. Let's go. Right, he's starting. So, Nathaniel, this is your idea, isn't it? My idea. Or is it Ben's idea? My idea. It's Ben's idea. Well, it's okay. all my idea. Everything is everywhere. Right. Uh, Nat, could you just describe God? Just first thing that comes to mind. First thing that comes to mind, I'm going to say sovereign. Mm. that's the first thing that comes to my mind gracious um, just um, what else there's a lot of stuff that's come to mind but I'm trying to pick words that you know mm. fit that makes sense yeah I so, don't want to like I wouldn't like when I think of God I don't think big shiny guy who sits in the clouds yes. and you know like all your sort of traditional ideas Um like I think there's more depth to it than that mm-hmm. um, and there's characteristics I guess there's characteristics that seem contradictory sometimes like mm-hmm. you think how can God be loving but also be righteous and have this wrath that he has to pour mm-hmm. out on sin mm-hmm. um, and you think how can God be sovereign and in control of everything yet at the same time let people have free will at the same time so I think there's things like that which are complicated mm-hmm. um, that would come to mind as well um, so yeah, that's yeah. sort of just a no, rough that's idea. That that's an excellent um, uh, start. So uh, basically, my idea for this episode is to um, hone in on these keywords you were saying: just righteousness. Um, what these sort of mean in ter- in the context of God, and uh, we'll probably start with the tough one: um, the the justice of God. Um, so. Uh, could you comment then on the wrath of God compared to his kindness in how they relate or um, 
just, just what, what comments do you have on that? Um, well, I guess like as a starting point, um, there you, you would have to take the understanding, I think, that the human race is sinful, mm. that the human race is totally, um, I think as Calvin would put it, totally depraved uh, mm. of any way of um, helping themselves in this sinful condition. Um, and because they're in that sinful condition after the fall, uh, Genesis chapter 3 and stuff, um, then we need some way. So we've we had this relationship with God. We like, in the Garden of Eden, you're with God, but then that relationship breaks and then we're separated from God. Mm-hmm. Um, we turn around and essentially spat in his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to that extent, then there has to be some level of punishment and justice for that if he mm-hmm. sets out this holy standard uh, and then we turn around and go actually I'm going to do this I know you said don't do this but I want to do this so I'm going to do this uh, and we turn around and we break those laws essentially then there has to be that level of um, justice for that but then at the mm-hmm. same time you say well if God's loving then surely he can just you know gloss away yeah just mm-hmm. turn a blind eye to it maybe mm-hmm. um, just go well you know what I love you anyway my love's unconditional so um i'm not going to hold that against you and i think um you sort of see that then in the person of christ not necessarily turning a blind eye to it but the sort of level of kindness and forgiving mm-hmm. so there is so because we are sinful we have to face wrath and so mm-hmm. of course god is a god of wrath then mm-hmm. but at the same time he's also a god of grace who says well i know you've done this but i'm willing to forgive you if you turn away and follow me mm-hmm. um, and I think so that's like sort of the whole I think driving force behind the New Testament is this yeah. you, you're no longer under the law you're under this covenant of grace but that doesn't mean you can just turn a blind eye to the law mm-hmm. and not follow it you know is it First John uh, what was it we love him so we keep his commandments I think that's First John yeah um, um, sort of thing so we follow the law um, but we're under under grace so we've got those both aspects really of yeah um, I I like I like to think about God as again as it's just come to me now. This sort of sometimes when people think of God, they think of being in a like being in a straight jacket, being a Christian, sort of the straight jacket. Oh, yeah. You know, follow rules, 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 rules. Was what you just said there. Like the whole New Testament is actually um, mm. sort of a way out, not of not necessarily of the rules, but of being a slave to sin. Um, yeah. As you said, humanity is sinful. Um, and God being God, once we first recognize that God being the creator of the universe, being um, the father, um, he sets out the rules. This is, this, is his, this is his house. This is his place. We yeah. are here because we, 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 did, we weren't put on this earth um, to love God. We were put on this earth because God needed some, like something to love. He was so infinite of love that he gave us uh, life. Um, and love can only be true love when you have obviously that choice we weren't programmed you know yeah and so once you take that into account once we understand that these are his rules and when we're breaking those rules then there needs to be punishment like any other rule in any other country you know if you steal someone's purse you need to you need to uh, have consequences for that and so um, how the wrath of God, this justice comes into play is this idea of you broke my rules, the penalty is death. You know, that's, yep. that's the penalty for sin. Romans 3. Yeah. Exactly. However, when I say that, that's terrifying 
you know that terrifies me this idea you know the whole idea of turn from me i never knew you that, that absolutely terrifies me but the story of the bible jesus christ this idea that we're on trial for the crimes that we've committed our sins the penalty is death he's he's called the verdict and but jesus steps in and goes no i'll take his place yeah so when people say oh god is an evil tyrannical he lets people die he makes natural he like he causes uh, natural disasters and so much chaos how could he love us but then at the same time he's given us the key his only son the, mm-hmm. the way out to bear our and um, to bear our sins and to to take the punishment that we so rightly deserved and as christians we're not saying oh i'm a christian i can then i'm okay i'm loved by god i can do what i want no 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 that's not it being right. a christian is understanding that you are sinful being mm-hmm. a christian is understanding that you are in need of a savior and it says in revelation that we will be divided into sheep and goats and being a christian is not just suddenly turning into from a goat to a sheep it's discovering that you were always a sheep mm-hmm. you know i think that's the idea of being a christian now how does this link in to the characteristics of god how does this because you do see in the bible yes god is a god of sort of community and family you know with the, the church with the disciples with um within the old testament nations coming together uh the, the israelites and the hebrews all you know being this one sort of banner under god how do you have any comments on the reason that god has these sort of groups of people like churches and as i said the, the israelites god's sort of chosen people christians in general um do you think people see that and are terrified or are scared of this sort of wave of this group of people who just talk about this big huge person in the sky all the time who pray all the time who sing all the time do you think that's unnerving if you were an unbeliever um honestly i don't really know i think it depends on the person i think maybe one person will see that and be like oh no these people are crazy they're gonna try and Mm. force me to to believe what they believe um but on the other hand then you can have other people who just completely just dust it off their shoulder and they're just like these are just some crazy people i don't really care what they think Mm -hmm. i'm not scared of it Mm -hmm. and they just dust it off and say he's not real so why bother Mm -hmm. um so i think that's unfortunate that there are people in that situation but at the same time um that is just the way things are Uh, and so Mm. we've been given that charge to take the gospel into the the whole of creation um and to tell everyone the good news so Mm. and yeah just just what you said we've been charged to taking the gospel and it just just sort of springs up this other argument that i'm sure we've all been faced with um why can't god just show himself why can't god just prove to everyone that he's real he did exactly this was <laughs> he did. When, when, he, when he showed up on the scene everyone went you know what we don't like this guy we're gonna put some nails in his hand to put him across mm. um like how many times do you think god needs to do that before he gets the message across i don't know i mean only once he only did it once he did it once, once. Was enough yeah this the reason for the church the, the speakings of paul and the the acts of the apostles this idea and um, that um, there's this God and he's the only God in any other religion that came and put himself beneath man every mm-hmm. other God and every other faith is um, worship me and you will do good things and you will know you will be blessed whereas 
our God, the God of the, the Christian God, was because I love you, I will send my only son to die and take your place because of your sin. All right. And because of that, then you will be raised up, you know, like, mm. I think that's the key difference between this faith and any other faith. Um, mm. I had a thought there, but I just, um, like I just lost it. But uh, Josh, would, what would you sort of, do you, do you have any comments on how you would? Yeah, so <clears throat> when you first said, right, we want to talk about the characteristics of God, the first thing that came to mind, I was like, that's a problematic question. Oh. Because uh, in a sense, God cannot be put in a box mm. so easily. Because um, it's an offensive box, right? He made the box. Like the, the <laughs> box doesn't even, like, is why we're talking about boxes, right? <laughs> he's, not in the, he's not in the same category as the same category that boxes in, right? Mm. So, so the first thing I was thinking, I was like, think about the story of Job right Job this upright righteous man right he did everything correctly right he's moral okay and then uh, the adversary was like speaking to what we understand as God saying right he's only good because you're being nice to him let's not be nice to him mm-hmm. and he's like right okay I'll call your bluff or whatever right mm-hmm. I'll I'll step up, right? So Job has this horrible life now, right? He's got boils on his, like covered in boils, his whole family's dead, right? These people came and destroyed everything, right? And then at the end of it, there's this, he's got like three mates, he's like constantly like poking at him, being like, you must have done this wrong, you must have been, this is blah, 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 and right? His wife down, yeah. Everything's dead, right? Mm. And he's got these three assholes from friends, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, at the end of it, um, he's getting a bit. He's getting a bit. No, he's getting angry, right? He's like, "This is un- this is unjust. Why is this happening to me?" Right? And you can understand why, mm-hmm. obviously. And if you're thinking of it, like um, you brought up, um, we've all done these things wrong, right? There has to be this justice, right? But if you even if you like, if that's all there is. Why are these bad things happening to Job, right? You think, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm. Okay. And so God comes down and speaks to Job, right? He's like, he doesn't even, he's not even like straightforward. He's like, he's not like, well, you see, I had this uh, conversation with uh, the Satan. Yes. And you know how it goes, you know. <laughs> Well, he said basically, well, you would break, but I was like, nah, so this is why. He didn't say that to him. Job doesn't know anything about it. He he just starts talking about these magnificent beasts that God created, right? Which we did an episode. We did. Loosely on. We did loosely on the topic of dragons. Not Mm. not not necessarily specifically the Job story, but like, it's the same idea, Mm. right? And that's it. And then Job's humbled. Okay, and there isn't really, and then he's uh, then he gets, it, but he doesn't get rewarded. He doesn't. It's like he gets he gets uh, gifts, right? Mm-hmm. He gets like twice as what he had before, right? And what is it? Is there a correlation between justice and what happens to you, right? I I don't think so, right? So what? 
and uh, then you link that with the characters of God, right? So God basically, he's like, this is this is what you do not understand, Job, right? Mm-hmm. You do not you do not fathom the possibility of fathoming my ways, right? Mm-hmm. Look at these beasts; I can slay them with a the brush of my hands, right? These are so complicated and massive and complex and powerful. How can you understand my ways, right? So that's the first thing I thought of when you want to weigh the characteristics of God. And the second thing I thought of was, well, the whole, throughout the Bible, the uh, God has been described in the same way, right? We, we were uh, in uh, the Jonah, one of the Jonah ones, right? Part of the, part of the Jonah, a book he talks about how like god is like gracious and slow to anger but he's like he's angry about it mm-hmm. he's like i know you're loving and gracious and slow to anger and whatnot right and abounding in steadfast love or something like that yeah and and i thought back to exodus right so i'm gonna read um uh exodus chapter 34 verse 6 to 7 the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord the Lord a God merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness keeping steadfast love for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin but who who will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation okay and you might think, right, we're a bit closer, right? We got from this abstract and we don't understand anything to, right, we've got some verses here and it's throughout the whole Bible these things are repeated, mm-hmm. right? And that's a constant. But even these two verses, right, it's not necessarily straightforward. I'll read it again. Uh, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, okay? And then later, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression of sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity on the fathers, on the children, and the children's children. So he's forgiving, he's loving, he's forgiving the sins, but he'll not clear the guilty, right? Visiting, he'll by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers, on the children, and the children's children. Right, so what, what's going on here? Right, it's not straightforward. Mm-hmm. Okay, and no. that's why I think you can't put a box on what God is easily. Yeah. No, this is literally key right here. Like at the start, I said, right, imagine a big bubble, put God in the middle, and then you realize actually the page, the page is God's, the classroom is God's, the entire school that we're trying to think this whole out thing is like this is all God's area. We're it's always God's playing field, you know, like. We could be trying to like, like God throws a curveball. We're trying to bat it now. We realize that the ball, the stadium, the the players, like it's all just him. Like that's so he's 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 so large and so full, um, almighty, that when we do try and explain to sort of um unbelievers or people who are just curious, we do start with these baby steps of oh he's abounding in love and he's steadfast and but then as you bring up these challenging verses of well actually he is so limitless he is, he is just explosive in power and everything is just there and awesome 
um, right from the, the creation story. Like I, the creation story, I think is what because um, I, I I didn't I, I I grew up in a very strict church and it, it pushed me more away from God. And it was only when I um, entered into a new church, I entered into a new relationship with God, um, because I had a better understanding. Um, like from that, you know, you can see that well, there has to be some kind of balance, you know, and um, I'm just 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 this one question: Do you think Jesus then mirrors this God of the Old Testament, as you said, loving and steadfast love? limitless can slay beasts with the swipe of his hand jesus god incarnate this man came down as a man to live a man's life to then die for man does that fit the narrative of god and of course you say of course it does the narrative is the bible right but just in terms of i guess right now in this instance how would you explain jesus role when we've just told everyone god cannot you can't put god in a box and yet God sort of put himself in human form. So like, it's limiting, but is it? It is limiting, because uh, it's, as you said, God incarnate, right? Mm. Uh, it's, the Jesus, right, when you say, does Jesus fit in with the Bible? Jesus is the story of the Bible. Yeah, it's no. not like, how are we gonna do this? So this is a bit awkward. This didn't fit our calculations. Yeah. It's like the whole story is Jesus, mm. right? Jesus will come, Jesus is here, Jesus will be here in the future. That's what the story is, right? Mm. Um, if you think about the times, right, so let's just think about in the Old Testament, how did, how did God appear, okay? He didn't really appear just, oh, I'm here, I'm God, this is all me, mm. I'm here, right? He appeared in the weird, he appeared in the burning bush, right? Mm. He appeared in the the angel of the Lord, right? Which is a sort of weird incarnation of part of God mm. in a way. Man can and understand. Also as a man with Abraham as well. Yes. So it's he's it? God has incarnated himself in like limited forms mm. to the extent humans can understand him, mm-hmm. and even then, that's like a bit much because like what. Um, Moses, hey, Moses, I'm not sure what Moses was like, can I see you? Or God was like, I'll show you, show, show myself too. But like, uh, then they didn't even, he was like, you'll uh, go here and I'll pass by and you'll get to a glimpse at the back of my head or something when like that. When he had to hide in the rock and that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, and that's just, that's just like a limited form. Not even a percentage. Yeah. I only use 0.99 of my power. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, that, there you go. Like these, God has repeatedly sort of revealed himself, not his whole self, because his whole self, we can only, we can only really discover God's whole self whenever we die and our sin has passed away, because I think sin is the limitation for man. Um, and this, again, Jesus, of course he mirrors God. He is God you know and it just it just made perfect sense it had to have happened and it's sort of i just think about this these the some some people who say like for example what's his name richard dawkins talks about how christianity is just something like if you're scared of the dark it was something to believe in to keep the dark at bay 
Christianity goes against every, pretty much all of man's desires, like, you know, like sexual desires and and the want, the willingness and wanting to, you know, fight and rout out the enemy. Um, the the you hit me, I hit you back. You know, the Bible literally says, turn the other cheek, offer the other cheek. If a person robs you, give them your cloak as well. You know, like. It, it's like I just it's so hard to fathom the idea that a bunch of people sat down right and wrote all the things that we don't want to do and then tell people to do that yeah, it doesn't make any sense you know um, and so then how does this relate to then the the sheer massiveness the the, 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 the hugeness of God how does then how is it that people are able to just say oh it's just something to think about when you're scared of the dark when, as you said rightly, so it's just so huge, it's beyond our understanding. The only way that we could really, you know, Moses could under really, really understand God was in a burning bush that wasn't actually burning. It was on fire, but it was fine. You know, like what's the significance of that? Well, um, what was I going to say? Um, when you're saying that Richard Dawkins is something to believe in, when you're like, if you're scared of the dark or something, right? Mm. Yeah, they help you. It's 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 self-centered, so it's right. Mm. It's not like God's fitting into your story. You fit into God wants you to fit into His story, mm. right? It's not like you're the center of the tension here. Mm. Okay. It's, it's someone gives you a gift, not because you deserve it. Yeah, I mean, you're a piece of God's kingdom. You're not. You're not God's not a piece of your kingdom. Yeah. I did. Um, I'm just wondering, like, what what would you then say to somebody who prefers the idea of this, as we've just said, this the hugeness of God? That, you know, how would you explain to someone who just wants to keep God in his back pocket? He only uses God when uh, voice would crack. <laughs> he only uses God whenever he needs to. You know, how would you, how would you explain, how would you, well, first of all, actually, this is interesting. How would you go about telling that person that, well, actually, you can't really put God in your back pocket. Like, how, how would you do that? Um, how would I do that? I'd probably go, you can't put God in your back pocket. I think <laughs> you just got to be straight with it. Like, he, he's not this, like, magic wand that when things start going mm. wrong you go oh got my magic wand on me it's, like it's like a swiss army god you know like every, I, every, every situation just, yeah <laughs> just um, i only use them when i need them that mm. i think that's just complete utter disrespect to god and mm-hmm. for god um he's not someone that you just is there when you think you need him mm-hmm. because the entirety of the time you do need him um, how would I explain to someone that? Um, I don't quite know. Um, I guess I'd probably just explain it the way I have just done. Just completely, um, just, just this is how it is. Yeah. I think it's appalling that people, it, it, it switches places with them. You know, God uses us. We are like, he is the carpenter and we're the hammer and the chisel. Mm-hmm. And the, the sculpture is, you know, his perfect, it's his plan. And to you know, swap that around to use God to like have your own personal ways. It says you shall not test the Lord your God. Like yeah. I think that's just a form of sort of testing him. This idea that oh, I know I'm a Christian, but like just at the minute, I just don't want to be. 
Yeah, you know, but the uh, minute I want to do my thing, exactly, so exactly. I'm gonna pop my way and do my thing for a bit, and then I'll get exactly. back. But I think the key point of this is the more the most people who put God in their back pocket, I think they don't actually mean to. Um, I think that they are like, I think as Christians we all struggle with sin, yeah. And I think mm-hmm. what when we do sin, like we feel so guilty about it, you know, yeah. where we we feel we we feel like we betrayed God. You know, mm-hmm. this side, as we are talking about his utter massiveness, this, this this person who's abundant in justice, kindness, but also anger. And um, he only pours out his anger on the people who deserve it. Sometimes, like as a Christian, we feel like we do deserve God's anger. Sometimes we do feel like I need to be set. I need, I, like, show me your ways, oh Lord, set me on the path of the righteousness. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think um, D- David springs to mind. This man who is known as a man after God's own heart, this idea that he was a king, he like, sl- slayed a giant, right? Like, that's pretty, that's pretty OP. <laughs> How many giants have you slayed? But then that's another sort of dragon story, isn't it? What giants are you conquering? But, but did David slay the giant? There you go. David did not use God to slay the giant. God used David to slay the giant. Exactly. And then there you go. There's then there's the whole story of David. And then but David fell. David t- committed two major sins, you know, with Bathsheba and then Bathsheba's husband getting him killed. You know, yeah. it was this. It's like it wasn't it wasn't bad enough that I just I slept with your wife. But you know what? To make sure you just, don't find out. I just got to kill you, you know. Yeah. God was like, oh hey man. So David did that. <laughs> <laughs> it is, man. I think that's an excellent example just of God's grace and his like love for man is that he can David did horrendous things mm-hmm. but when he turned around and when he repented and when he said he was sorry and he truly meant it mm-hmm. he still was remembered as this, as this man after mm-hmm. God's own heart because he wasn't perfect like and he shows that but he still he had this um, underlying desire that he wanted to follow God and all I he think, did like what I admire about David so much is this he, he wrote everything down and he bore witness to everyone mm-hmm. all Christians today know David we know what he's done but what Christians know what you've done what Christians know what I've done what Christians know what you've done you know we say oh that's for God and that's for God only but God has provided this family this church for things like that God had his prophets um you know, Samuel was a big part in uh, David's uh, life earlier on, and this uh, what was it with um, uh, King Saul with you know the the the, mm-hmm. the sheep and the the sheep and the the different riches, and he was like, no, nope, can't have any of that because you disobey God. You know, it's this idea that I think sometimes as Christians we can get too carried away with the idea that we're in we're God's tool. Where, because if you proclaim to everyone pretty much that I'm this Christian who I'm set here to do great and good things but yet at the same time if you look at what's happening at Christianity today and all the things that sort of it's doing wrong and like how can you measure up to that how can you proclaim that you're like it does sound like to unbelievers that you're just saying you're better than everyone else but then mm-hmm. we obviously clarified at the start that actually no it's being a Christian is understanding that you need a saviour mm-hmm. not that you've been saved and I get to be tell everyone that I've been saved and that yeah. like if you, if you think of Paul mm. Paul 
didn't go around and go, look at me, I'm so great. I've done X amount of missionary journeys. Mm. I've served God in X amount of places. I've witnessed to X amount of people. Mm. I've done all this. Instead, mm. Paul goes, I'm the chief of sinners. Mm. I'm the worst of the worst. But God was still willing to save me. Yeah, I mean, he was so persecuting the church. Yeah. It's that level of humbleness, I think, mm. that's necessary sometimes is um, not to go around and make it look like mm. any of what's happened is stuff that you've done. Mm-hmm. But sure that it's just blessed are the ones who pray in secret. Blessed mm. are the ones that are humbled by me. Um, like God doesn't call us to raise an army for God. We're not crusaders. That's the whole the problem with the crusades. <laughs> like you know, so much death, yeah. so much destruction all in the name of Jesus. When Jesus came to 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 not only did he come yes to to save man, but he also came separate like jesus said that he did come to separate families um there is it there is it i do believe there is a scary part of jesus that churches gloss over where he was angry with the in the temple flipping tables um you know the whole story of depart from me i never knew you like there is a terrifying aspect to jesus words destroy this temple and i will build it up in three days like imagine the audacity of like imagine just sitting there all right this great temple has been here for generations and this man all right you know a bit of him he's a little bit of a celebrity at the minute and he's like destroy this temple and i I will build it up in three days and you'd be like that's a bit bold of you but like this is the thing jesus had the right to be bold he was this odd one night and I, I don't I, how does this how does this make sense to what i just said sometimes people get a bit too carried away with this whole i'm a christian do the and then jesus came and sort of did this boldness this sort of exact same thing i think we need to get get into perspective here we're not jesus we need jesus and then with the whole process of sanctification we will end up like jesus right mm-hmm. But sanctification can only work once you realize you're not like Jesus. Yep. Like, if you you think about grief, for example, you grieve somebody who you've loved who's been lost, and that is only sort of the love persevering, this idea that you can only know grief once you've lost something that you love, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's the, the, the same with 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 jesus this person who you know or sorry with sanctification we can only know how to be like jesus through first prayer reading the bible but also having knowing yourself you know man looks at the outward appearance but god looks at the heart we too must look at our own hearts before we can hmm. um in hopes reach and touch the hearts of other men but again this is the, the beautiful bit Jesus did it. Jesus is already he did the he did the hardest work, you know. We just need to tell the story. We just need to, as you say, explain the characters of God, but not in a box, not in a little spider diagram and go, oh but God just um kind. Uh you know, like actually we're in that bubble. It should be it should be you with a with a diagram and it should be like grace and thankfulness and the fruits of the spirit essentially um an understanding of god's word biblical christianity you posted on your instagram um popular christianity is not biblical um but biblical christianity is not popular i love yeah. that post 
Oh, yeah. Uh, like, you know, it just challenges, it challenged me because like off the head, I could just think of a bunch of preachers you've seen on this like sort of Instagram influencers. Like they're, they're really like, have you seen them? They're like, really ripped guys with their big, huge shows on. They're like, man, passion. And yeah, like I have no doubt that they're Christians. Okay, they, yeah, they would be Christians. But, you know, the realest of Christians are the ones who are just, I guess, torn between this life of sin, this life Jesus wants for us. Uh, look at Peter chopping off the ear of the soldier. You won't, you're not taking my Jesus, you know? I'll defend him to my dying breath. And Jesus was but like... But I think that even with the Peter chopping the guy's ear off just shows how little Peter actually understood. Exactly. Because Jesus has been going like, you know, I gotta come and die. And Peter's like, no, 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 I don't want you to die. You're my, you're my Jesus. I don't want mm-hmm. you to die. You're my saviour. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but I gotta die to save you. And he's like, no, 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 I'm gonna... I'm gonna, I'm gonna save you. <laughs> yeah. Run, Jesus, I got your back. It's like Gandalf defeating the Balrog. Fly, you fool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, exactly. Like, like, how many Peters are there? How many deniers are there? But then had, like, one of the closest relationships to Jesus. Peter was yeah. extremely close to Jesus. He walked on water for a bit, you know. <laughs> uh, he jumped out of the boat and swam to the shore because, mm-hmm. like, he was just like, that's Jesus. You know, like that's the relationship and I think that's what's so hard about being a Christian we have that relationship we want that relationship and yet we get so riled up and I think that's where modern apologetics comes into play Peter says make an, or no, Paul says make an apologetic I think apologetics are sort of the way forward in modern day today um, the mix between I think um, apologetics is the way forward apologetic well yeah well, I mean apologetics is literally you know Make a make 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 a statement, make an argument. Well, I believe God has, as you say, God is everything. But, um, you know, this that's just um, what do you call it? Bearing being a witness, being mm-hmm. God's to like hammer and chisel, essentially. Hammer and chisel is sounds a bit, you know, be the hammer of God, but like it's for art purposes, you know, like for His perfect plan to develop. And I think we need to find, I guess, refuge in this perfect plan um what is it i thought that it, it, just discerning the will of god for example like you cannot know the will of god tomorrow you can only do your best not sort of sin and to continue in the you know the way of the, the way of the word and the lord um but when you do sin mm-hmm. and you reflect back on it like there's always a lesson in sin like all the time you know mm-hmm. like I, there's not a there's not a single sin that you can commit that God would go might just erase because if God would go might just like erase that from existence then he would but he doesn't do that because obviously we're free and we have this potential to to strive for and but we sort of we sort of um, sort of strayed from the idea of who God is to what really a Christian is um, and, but I guess that's sort of the link there you know um, a lot of the time if you say who do you think Jesus is to somebody they're like oh he's such a good person such a kind person he was, yep. he was here to save the world and then you go can you describe a Christian they're homophobes <laughs> xenophobes racists bigots 
Like, mm. like what did we do so wrong? <laughs> no, I think that's the way you mentioned earlier um, about the, you know, the depart from me, you workers of lawlessness, I never mm. knew you. I think that's what we get today in society. Like, you go to Texas, right? Mm. You ask someone, you're like, are you a Christian? And they'll be like, yeah, I'm a Christian. But like, are you a Christian? Are they a Christian? Because are they truly born again or are they just they show up to church every Sunday mm. and so there's that level I've just lost my train of thought in the middle of that that's not ideal um, that's okay where the, de- the depart from me you workers of lawlessness I never knew you is that level of whether or not you are a Christian because mm-hmm. there's so many people as you say um, like we're seen as loads of bad things because there's so many people who have come and said that they were doing something in Christ's name but then they've done something horrific which wasn't at all biblical mm. but they said that it was in Christ's name so when people look at them they go oh, well that's what a Christian is mm. and so you've got all these people here saying that they're doing something mm. that is biblical and it gives it this bad view mm. um, and so there's a lot of people I think which are what you would call false converts people who say that they're Christians but they're not really mm. and I think that's just rather unfortunate yeah i believe that we sometimes use the guise of christian as a sort of thing to hide behind like oh i'm a christian i didn't do that mm. and actually you know you're a human being you're accountable for the things that you've done thank goodness we have a god who you know cherishes us and loves us and well is not afraid like is not afraid to hammer us into into a way that like if I look at my life, like I, I have struggled so hard with being a Christian. It was like an on and off Christianity because I was attending a church that told me Jesus loved me, but only at the very, very, very sort of end of this sermon about doom and gloom, like Sodom and Gomorrah burned, and are you going to be the ones who look behind? And then at the very end, it's like, oh, by the way, Jesus loved you. He died for you. Okay, goodbye. And the benediction. Man, I was just like, was <laughs> <laughs> like, that the whole sermon? <laughs> Fire and brimstone, but Jesus. Next week, <laughs> come to come to uh, come tonight, and then Jesus could come tomorrow. What would he say to you? Like, oh, man. yeah, that's helpful. See you later, man. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus love you. Bye, man. Bye, bye. Man, like, uh, yeah, well, as a kid, that's so confusing. Um, well, like throughout the Bible, right? Say the Israelites did something terrible, right? And um, God like threatens to like destroy them all, and then through some some like merciful event, right? Uh, say Moses like pleads with them or whatever happens, right? And then he relents or something, right? Because like you know, do you know God tried to kill Moses? Right, right after the burning bush. Right, it's a it's very abrupt change of the narrative, and it goes straight back to the courts. Right, but I don't think a lot of people know this. But so, like, um, if I got this right, the the burning bush. Right, Moses is like, all right, yep, I'll get my brother Aaron. Right, he he'll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. making excuses. And then 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 he's on his way, and then. It's like, and the Lord tried to kill Moses. I'm like, what? <laughs> but the but the whole, but the the, the reasoning was, 
Um, so Moses didn't have his son circumcised, okay? Mm. And even though God appeared to him in the way Moses would understand, even he was like, well, I'm this, like, nah, this is all right, but, like, I'll follow you, Lord, but, like, you know, you, you know how it is, right? Mm. But the, the thing I get from that is obviously the Lord did not kill Moses, right? Um, because obviously the Lord knew what he, he could do with Moses. He mm. knew Moses would circumcise his son, right? Be like, right, I'm all for you, Lord, and do great things for their, their Israelites, mm. right? And that's that's another way you could describe God, right? He's like this, like massive thing of like perfection, right? And he'll he'll kill you for unrighteousness, but like he'll he'll hold out mm-hmm. if there if he I have just grace if he knows like if he knows your heart, if he knows the plan. If he knows like right, I can if it, I can save this person, right? I'll I'll hold out, you know. Like um, when uh, your man was like, if there's so and so many people in this uh, city, will you destroy oh, it? Oh yes, um, lot. And it's like if I find ten, there's like Lord, think, if you find ten, was it Abraham, Abraham, sorry, yeah, um, find ten. And just keep from going. It's like yeah. I will save this whole city for the sake of these people. Mm-hmm. But the Lord could not find ten, so. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, yeah. my city. Like, um, but yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, what you thought? What I thought about that was, I think God. Sort of, I get. You, I remember doing English, and you're reading the text, and you're exploring every possible meaning to this single sentence. Like, what's the meme? The curtains were blue. What does the author mean by that? You know, like, so we're like, ah, depressed. Um, blue, uh, wet, I guess. Uh, the, the, the curtains were blue. The curtains were blue. And I think God, though, being so perfect and intelligent, like the epitome of intelligence and goodness, like he explores every, he opens up your soul and takes you apart, puts you back together and does that. Oh, I think that's the life of a Christian, being broken down constantly only to return to the Lord to build yourself back up again. I think that's, I think that's just, I think that's one of the, I guess like working out, you just tear down your muscles, completely destroy your arms, just to grow back big ones. Like that's like a, as a Christian, we're constantly working out our soul. Um, like we're constantly put down. I think the biggest letdown I've had was the whole Ravi Zacharias thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it completely hit me. Cause yeah. I was, I was a big fan, big fan. Yeah completely like hit me like that all right but you know through the bible the bible talks about things like that the bible talks about things like everything and through that then you can build up stronger you now have i now have things to say to people who go oh how could you how can christians do this christian institutes so horrible i now have things to say because of that you know i never would have thought i needed to try and put up a defense for like oh how do we know you don't do any of that like whoa <laughs> like you know you have to make a defense uh, 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 apologetic as, as i said but yeah god as i said he goes through every nook and cranny of your soul of your of your psyche and 
perfects you through that I think and we'll never be perfected until um, we join him up in heaven but um, I think that's how that's how I think that's how most things in life work this this idea that you know trees for example they die every winter they grow back leaves um, or workouts you know shredding our muscles develop new ones love for example the, the, the longer you're away from your loved ones the more you want them back it, it you know it's it's only natural that pain goes hand in hand with perfection you know God for example you know he died on a cross for us and then so that we could be perfected in Christ so that we could be forgiven mm. he took so our place that idea of pain going with perfection sort of perhaps along the lines of Hebrews 12 mm. um, the I get up here so that I get it right um, but isn't it yes yeah, like not growing weary so it's um, so you're going through all this suffering but it's not in vain because any like any earthly father it sort of talks about has disciplined his son mm-hmm. I don't know about yous oh yeah but no. you, <laughs> the wooden spoon the wooden spoon <laughs> the wooden spoon <laughs> exactly the wooden spoon not the, the wooden spoon well, spatula at that time spatula <laughs> bigger surface area oh. more destruction didn't oh. sit down for dinner sometimes Ooh. but you know like you have and I'm not like some people disagree with me that that's a bad thing I don't really have an opinion on it I think whatever works for a family works for a family but you have like parents discipline their children to help them grow mm-hmm. because now I know not to punch Joel in the face because <laughs> I've learned because like yes. it's the same thing like if you stick your hand in the fire it burns you it's you the, know not to put it back it's in the, it's the exact same this discipline idea yeah so you have areas of suffering that you go through and as it says here, for what, what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Um, it is for discipline that you have to endure God is treating you as son. Mm-hmm. So I think there's that aspect, um, as you're saying, of the pain like helps mm-hmm. you build back stronger. It is like sometimes we'll go through experiences that we're like, well, what was that for? What am I supposed to take away with that? Right, like, what what is the benefit? Yeah. And it's hard to see sometimes. But there is that aspect of it that it is teaching you something. It's helping you grow, um, so that you can serve God better. Yeah. Uh, a quote by C.S. Lewis: um, "Suffering is God's megaphone to rise a deaf world." That comes to mind. Yep. Um, is there not a quote in the Bible where it's like, "With like uh, suffering or like hard times, or ever comes courage, or sorry, it comes a uh, character, and with character comes hope, and then with hope." something else <laughs> and it's like what we said in our in our earlier episodes um uh what was it uh good times make weak men weak men make bad times and bad times make strong men strong men make good times and so it sort of goes on this but I, this, this, I really like that um idea of like pain perfects perfection <laughs> i guess if that makes sense <laughs> if you know what i mean and the only way to get perfect is to go through trial and tribulation and pain um, which I think is incredibly encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're listening to this and you're just not in a good place mentally, you just uh, that idea of just you're just always in pain. You know, the Bible teaches that you will be perfected by that. Well, even Job, the right upright righteous man, did no wrong. Mm. He he did he did grow. 
growth growth for example exactly like um it's it pain is necessary for growth this because you can't like perfect people grow you know mm-hmm. like you know aaron's beard how do you get that great out <laughs> like these it's like these growth is so key it's like a key thing in on all aspects of life um and like why christianity is the exact same it grows you know, mm-hmm. when you become a Christian, you don't know everything in the Bible. Yeah. Like, the Bible's been around for a very long time, and we're still pouring over it. We're still trying to work it out. This whole podcast, we're working, trying to figure out the inner workings of the Bible. Flip, I'm going to go to university, you're going to study it. <laughs> um, yeah. Hopefully, like, you know, I just, I'm just so... But I, I just just going back to what I said about if you, like, obviously, if people listening, if they are in that position like God teaches us in his word that you will be perfected by that not in your timing not in the time that you want because obviously like it's it's a basic thing if you're going through pain and then you get to decide when it stops then why would you even let yourself go into pain in the first place like it's not you you don't control how much pain that you can endure God will never throw anything that you can't handle at him if you are a believer in him um, but just going back to Job, um, there's a phrase, um, sometimes the devil gives people very comfortable lives to keep them away from God. Um, I think I was in a, I think it was in the movie God's Not Dead where it was this really rich guy and his mum was a believer and his mum had dementia and was blind and deaf, but the only thing she had was her faith. And so he was like, why would, why would a God make you suffer? And me without God makes me like super rich and super well off. Like, if you think about it, being that kind of, having that kind of attitude just shows that you're a little more than a seed and you don't understand humanity. Our whole Dragons episode was the story of humanity, this rise and fall, this, you know, prepare yourself to beat the dragon and then... A small taste of it anyway. A small taste of it. But that's the foundation of life preparing yourself to beat some dragon to get a reward over and over and over and over again um, you see it all over the bible as well challenges challenges is what draws people in a good book is full of up and down if you had a book that's just constantly happy all the time you'd throw it down like if you had a book that was constantly depressed all the time some people might like that but you know there's always there's always something and i think that just wrapping this all up, I guess, because I think we got a little time left. That, in terms of... <laughs> We've got the, less than little time left. Because <laughs> that, in terms of the character, characteristics of God is all that we just sort of said, this fundamental ingredient to life is pain. It's essential for growth. Um, and once you harness that, and mix it up in the mixing bowl with Christianity you'll come up with a big cake and that cake is called salvation <laughs> Christian bakery um, is there anything else that you still want to add just as we finish up here um, no that's alright I... <laughs> that was alright says was... Nat well Nat thank you very much that's all right. very, really enjoyed that thank you good. thank you very much and um, <laughs> Have a good day, whoever was listening. Bye. Goodbye. Yeah, bye. Would you like to do the honours of blasting what a follower should do? 
Oh yeah, if 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 you can, <laughs> please li- like and subscribe to Accessory to Thought. Yeah. Oh, download. Can you download stuff on YouTube? No. Well, yes, but <laughs> we're on Spotify. Oh, here they're everywhere, guys. Yeah. Everywhere, know. but the places that we're too good for. Yes. Anyway, so, yeah. thank you very much. No, like, subscribe, download. Not because download. of technical difficulties. <laughs> we've got most of them. Have, the have a blessed ones. week. Yes. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye.